my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. There is a popular blessing said to be Irish, so appropriate on this St. Patrick's Day. And that blessing prays, May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Some translations say, in the hollow of his hand. Jesus might add a line to this blessing from the words he spoke about Jerusalem in the gospel today. May divine wings enfold and protect you, he might add. In our gospel, Jesus looks out on the city that he loves and longs to gather its people wandering so far from the will of God by hurting each other and themselves. He longs to gather them into the warmth and protection of his wings. It is an instinct of the sacrificial love of God, part of the nature of the divine, reminding us that God will do what God can do for me and for you. God is willing to go to great lengths for us, no matter how far we may wander. Christ is right there, ready. God waits to gather you under God's wings. This longing and protective instinct is something that we can share. Something that we can share, and when we, too, look at the world, our world, that we love, when we look at the world wanting to protect the world from the worst that it can be. Just most recently, we look out in our world at New Zealand where 49 and now 50 people with the person who died last night from their wounds, 50 people killed out of bigotry and hate and the protective instinct arose in me when I heard on the local radio station, I heard them naming the man who did it, naming another mass murderer that the man who killed 50 people admired. And they kept naming these people, giving them airtime, giving them what they wanted in one way, giving them recognition. And the people that were killed on Saturday morning when I was listening and getting, getting, getting angry, and a uh, protective anger. They kept just re um, referencing these folks as the 49 people, the 49 people, no details, no names. And I remember when I went to listen to the victims of the shooting in Parkland, the survivors of that massacre at the school in Parkland, and they had said, we need to ask, pray, plead, demand the media, report on the victims and not the perpetrators. 
So this protective instinct arises in us in different ways as we look with longing on the world that has wandered far from the vision of God for us. On the Scottish island of Iona, in a retreat I participated in with John Philip and Allie Newell, I was struck by a quote he mentioned, which he used in his book, New Harmony. Newell, a Celtic theologian, sees that an essential part of the pathway toward healing in our world is to become more deeply conscious of our brokenness, both individually and collectively. He writes, knowing and naming brokenness is essential in the journey towards wholeness. We will not be well by denying the wrongs that we carry within us as nations and religions and communities, nor will we be well by downplaying them or projecting them onto others. The path to wholeness will take us not around such awareness, but through it, confronting the depths of our brokenness before being able to move forward towards healing. As Hildegard of Bingham says, we need two wings with which to fly. Two wings. One is the wing of the knowledge of good, and the other is the wing of the knowledge of evil. If we lack one or the other, we will be like an eagle with only one wing. We will fall to the ground instead of rising to the heights of unitary vision. We will live in a half consciousness instead of a whole consciousness. I was struck in the text today with the contrast that is made with Jesus wanting to gather all of Jerusalem under his wing and God pushing Abram, God pushing Abraham out from his despair, out from his despair to look and count at the stars and believe, even at that point when he had no children, to believe that his descendants would number as many as those innumerable stars in the sky. What is the thing for you that you have despaired of and need a nudge to remember that though the promises sometimes take longer than we want. With God, anything is possible. Sometimes God longs to protect us by gathering us in the warmth and shelter of divine love that we may soak up the reality of that love and live more courageously into the service of God's goodwill. And other times, God comes to protect us by nudging us out of the places that we get stuck, where we lose hope, where we falter in the face of daunting odds against us. God beckons us out of those slumps 
to be bathed in the light of God's love, twinkling in the night sky, illuminating the obscurity that has weakened our resolve, trying to steal our hope. Going back to the image of the hen. I don't know if any of you have ever had um, chickens. We had some neighbors that were, had hens in their backyard. And we would go and uh, visit them and be happy that we didn't have them in our backyard. <laughs> but they can be with that beak. A well-placed, decisive blow from the beak of a mother hen will have you thinking twice about messing with her chicks again. An angry peck is extremely painful and when well-landed, makes its position clear. Back off. In our gospel today, Jesus lands a well-placed blow to Herod when he minimizes Herod's threat to him and calls him out as a fox. In those days, the rulers liked to think of themselves as lions, and a fox was more of like what we would call someone a weasel today. This Herod whom Jesus calls a fox, whom Jesus calls a weasel, is the one who four chapters back in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 9 references proudly how he had John the Baptist beheaded. So this person has power, has earthly power. This person is a real threat. So much so that even the Pharisees who are want to criticize Jesus, they are feeling some protective emotions about Jesus. They warn him. They worry for him. They say, flee because Herod wants to kill you. This man who had John the Baptist beheaded on a whim solely to hush his criticisms about Herod's moral character. This man, who had Jesus' cousin John beheaded, this man Jesus scorned and put in his place. Jesus did not fear him and he would not flee. The characterization of Herod that Jesus makes in the gospel today is a judgment about and against the powers that be. Jesus will not be diverted from his mission. Jesus will not be controlled by Herod or by any powers of this world that seek to wound and destroy. His mission, Jesus' mission, is to heal, to save, to liberate, and he accurately names those who hurt, wound, and wield their power and influence unjustly. He calls them out. 
He calls them in this instant. He calls them out. He calls them like it is. And then he stays his course and will not be frightened into silence or inaction, will not be sent into hiding. Scriptures today give us wonderful imagery of God enfolding us in wings, of nudging us towards the stars, of calling out foxes, reminding us that God will go to great lengths for us. God will go to great lengths for you. God will gather you under his wings whenever you are ready. God will stand strong beside you, in front of you, behind you, in the face of abuse of power. God will point out the stars of the endless night and boundless hope for you when you despair, and all for the healing of our world, for the healing of our lives. The mystery of God hugs you in its all-encompassing arms, wrote Hildegard. May we, this Lent, draw closer for warmth and strength and courage. Amen. Please stand and let us say together the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. 